1: I thank God for blessing me to be in the land of the living one more time. I thank God for his many blessings, for his mighty outstretched hand. God has been very, very good to us. Today we're going to speak a little bit more on 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. We're going to go continue through the first verse. Now I understand and I see more clearly why this was so on me to teach this lesson. God is getting ready to move. Bigger and bigger in this church, but in order for God to move, you have to be ready to move with him. Because when God begins to walk somewhere, he wants us to follow. And if we're not gonna follow, then he's he can't lead us. Because you cannot lead somebody that will not follow. But when he begins to move and we are ready to move with him, the Bible said that the presence of the Lord in a fashion of a cloud. Would stand by the door of the tabernacle and the children of Israel they would not move they would stay there because they had something to learn there was something that needed to be done they had to stay in a certain place for a certain time every so often but then God would move and when he would begin to move in this cloudy pillar by day the children of Israel would follow and they would go whether it was by day or by night but when God moves you have to be ready to follow. You have to be ready to get up and move too. Because when he says move, and we, we say start to say like they told Jesus, let me go and bid my family farewell first. It's not about that. When he wants to move, you got to be ready to move. Another one said, let me go and bury my father. He said, let the dead bury the dead. You need to follow me. When God gets ready to move, we all have to be ready to move. We got to be ready to follow. And I believe that God is getting us ready and in this chapter we learn a lot more of what to expect because see, God doesn't put you in a situation without getting you ready for that situation first. And if this church begins to grow when the doors begin to open, we're not gonna only have family members, we're gonna have members from every family we're going to have so many different kind of spirits, attitudes, we're going to have all kind of everything walking through that door. And especially the devil, you can count on that. Because when the sons of God went to present themselves before God, Satan came also. So when we begin to preach and the power of God begins to move, you can believe and rest assured that the devil We'll be there also, but in this chapter we will learn how to distinguish more and more of what comes from God and what comes from the devil, and how to ignore what we're supposed to ignore and to cleave to what we're supposed to cleave to. We're going to be covering. I'll read 1 Timothy four one. We're going to be covering Genesis three one through six, Second Samuel fifteen one through six, Acts thirteen six through twelve, Numbers sixteen one through thirty four. John 6 58 through 67 and second Thessalonians 2 1 through 4. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for waking us up this morning in our right minds. Thank you, my God, for this opportunity to gather together one more time. My Father, let everything that I say today come from you and not from myself. My God, you be the one that preached to us today. You be the one that feeds us today, my God. Don't let the flesh have any kind of say-so or control, but bless every heart to listen spiritually today, my God. Lord, let this seed Be planted upon good ground and let us bring forth a hundredfold in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Amen. In First Timothy chapter 4, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the truth, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience sneered with a hot iron forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which god has created to be received with thanksgiving to them which believe and know the truth that every creature of god is good and nothing to be refused it is if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of god and by prayer If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of the good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. We're going to back up a little bit. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, the word latter means final, latter end, last of all. So first of all, God created Adam. And then Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and death came into the world, and death reigned from Adam all the way up until Moses. Death was the one that reigned over the entire world. It was death. But then when God created Moses and brought up Moses, he gave Moses the law. Then the law and the prophets, they reigned until Jesus. But after Jesus, there is nothing else. After Jesus died and rose again for you and I, there is nothing else. That is the last step that is going to do. And what did Jesus say when he was on the cross? It is finished. The work had been finished. The, the uh, preparation for us to be able to go to God was done. The way of the tree of life and for us to get to it was over with. We now had a way to the tree of life. We now had a right To the tree of life, it was done and over with. All the work had been completed. But people just don't believe. They don't believe on the Son of of God whom God sent. And that's what makes it look like it's not finished. Because of the turmoil and the agony and the pain that is still going on. All because of unbelief. Not because it's not finished. Once you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, everything becomes new. So then it will be finished for you too. You can find rest for your souls if you take his yoke on you. Your work in this world and the labor and sin is done with when you have Jesus. He says in the latter times, many shall fall short. Why? Because people, they hear about Jesus. And even from the beginning, the tree of life wasn't appealing. It didn't look good. And it wasn't some tree to be desired. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that was a tree to be desired. That was a tree that was so enticing, so good looking. It looked healthy. It looked fruitful. It looked like if you eat it, you will be like God. But the tree of life didn't look that way. Although they were both in the midst of the garden, nobody paid no attention to the tree of life. And Adam was there for a very long time before, I won't say a very long time, but Adam was there long enough to name all the animals, long enough for God to give him a wife, long enough for him to tell her the commandment that God gave him. And yet he never ate of the tree of life. It was, to me, it reminded me of one of those trees that you're like, ah, but the apple looks good. Watermelon looks good. All these fruits look so good. But the tree of life wasn't appealing. It was almost kind of like, well, if there's nothing else, then we'll eat of that tree. But it didn't look appealing. But what happened to the tree of life? We're going to go to Genesis 3, 1 through 6.
2: Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman ye hath god said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said unto the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the trees which is in the midst of the garden God had said ye shall not eat of it neither shall ye touch it lest ye die and the serpent said unto the woman ye shall not surely die for God doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as God's knowing good and evil and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the tree thereof and did he and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat.
1: Now what happens even today is the Bible says that God rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had made and he placed Adam in this garden of Eden and all the work was done all the work was finished and Adam was in this garden of Eden in the paradise of God everything that he needed at his fingertips everything was perfect. God had finished all the work that he was going to do for Adam and Adam was enjoying life but when the devil came in and got Eve's attention made her begin to wonder in curiosity is God really telling the truth because the serpent just said that I wouldn't die. See Jesus came and he hung on the cross and he said it is finished but then the devil comes in our hearts and makes us begin to wonder is this really the old path? Do you really have to be this strict? If you're not that strict, you're not gonna surely die. You don't have to follow the Bible that precise because God does know that we are flesh and we are blood and we're not perfect and we can't be perfect. He does know that. So if you don't strain this heart, it is okay. But it is not okay. Jesus said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. Because Jesus said, it is finished. God had said, it is finished. I've done with all of my work. The same way the devil tempted Eve is the exact same thing he's doing today. Just in spirituality, because every tree out there is okay for us to eat. Some might be poisonous, and that's up to you to eat it. But everything is fine. It's not a matter of sin. It's a matter of our own health. But in spirituality, it is the tree of knowledge of good and evil, life and death. The devil's doing the same thing that he did to Eve, just in spirituality now. The Bible says that in the latter times, some shall depart. Depart means to remove, instigate, to revolt. In the latter days, there's going to be instigators. There's going to be people that will go to the church just to start problem. They will go to the church and point out everything they think is wrong and how it should not be and how things should change. The Bible says they will instigate to revolt. They will instigate anything they can to make people revolt and to leave God. And once their job is complete, they leave. That church is torn apart, ruined. People don't believe. Nobody wants to go to church. And that person is on to the next church. And it's not the person. It's the devil working through that person that is going from church to church and getting people to revolt against God, to draw away, to fall away, to refrain. It says that they will be falling away from the faith, giving heed. Giving heed means to look at, be aware of. See, if Eve would not have given heed to somebody that was contradicting the word of God, she wouldn't have failed, and neither would Adam. But when you go to church and God puts it on your heart to go a certain way and to do certain things, you can guarantee there will be people that come in and say you're wrong. This is you need to change. Things don't need to be that way. And if you give heed, that's when you begin to fall. Because heed means to wonder. And when you begin to wonder, is this really? That's when people fall. That's when the devil can squeeze in. Is when he makes you start to wonder, did God really do this or is this me? or is this the flesh or am I hearing right or did God that's when he can squeeze in with everything else you're not going to surely die if you go this direction but if you don't give heed if you don't pay attention if you don't regard what he is saying and you stay steadfast knowing that this is the word of God and it says it I believe it I will do it he cannot make you wonder When Daniel, he prayed, and the devil wanted him to not get his prayer so bad, he went to fight with Michael, the, the archangel, just to stop Daniel from getting his prayer request. But Daniel didn't let that regard nothing. He didn't regard as taking too long. He didn't give heed to maybe God didn't answer. He didn't even think about maybe I prayed the wrong prayer. He stayed steadfast, the Bible says, with prayer, fasting, and supplication. He he didn't let the devil tell him he was wrong because he knew his God. The Bible says that the people that do wickedly, the devil can tempt them. The devil can capture them. The devil can do whatever he wants, entice them, move them. But the ones that know their God won't be moved. They won't be persuaded. They will not budge. They will not move. It means to hold the mind. When the devil begins to give you thoughts of uncleanness or any kind of thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, if you hold that mindset, he can get in. That's why the Bible says to bring down every thought that boasts itself against God and put it into captivity. Because if you hold that thought for too long, it begins to bring forth. And when it begins to bring forth, you begin to act on it. And when you act on it, your repercussions is death because you let that thought begin to grow so we can't hold on to the thought it says to pay attention to don't pay attention to what the devil has to say when god tells you if he tells you to fast and the devil says well you could fast that is true but not today because you have this and this and this don't pay attention to all of that because god didn't tell you to fast tomorrow he said today so if you don't fast today then tomorrow it doesn't count because you were disobedient Today. don't let the devil fill your mind up of why you shouldn't obey God when God tells you to do something don't let the devil tell you uh, the reasons you shouldn't start telling him the reasons you should I fell short to that so many times but God began to open my eyes when the devil tells you why you shouldn't you need to tell him why you should Well, fast today why I can't because I got bills to pay. But the reason I should is because Jesus is the only one that can pay my bills. So if I go to Jesus first, he'll take care of the bills later. We need to begin to fight back with telling the devil why we should. Basically telling ourselves why we should. Don't listen to why we shouldn't. Means pay attention to, being cautious about. You know, sometimes people can walk into the church with an innocent mind, but the devil says, look at the way they're dressed. They don't even serve God. They're not supposed to do that. And that person was so innocent, coming over here trying to find God. You have no idea if that person was home saying, Lord, I don't want to do this. Help me to change. And they see a church and they feel the presence of God in that church and they go to the church and the devil right away in your ear, look at that person. And now you're aware of it. Now you can't pray the same. Now you can't think the same because you're thinking about this person. We don't need to do that. We need to stay focused on God no matter how they look, how they dress, how they act. The only time that we don't do it is if we read the word of God and it says, "Don't don't be with those people. Don't spend time with them. Don't eat with them. Then if they are going according to this, then we follow this. If it's not, don't let the devil be all up in there. Jesus didn't come for the saved people. He came for the sinners. He came for the lost. Look at Jesus. And if we're going to say that we love like Jesus, we need to act like Jesus. See, Jesus, it's so fascinating when Jesus was walking this earth because he had love what we're supposed to have. His love was beyond love. He said, no man has greater love than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friend. If we're going to say that we love like him, let's love like him all the way. So when Jesus was here, they came and they brought this lady to him and they said, we caught this lady in the very act. Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't. Or, or where is the dude? You know, you can't just bring one. And he didn't even argue. He didn't say, you know, woman, you really shouldn't have done that. The law says that you are not supposed to commit adultery, and this is punishable by, he didn't do none of that. He acted like he didn't even care. And when they were accusing her and threw her at his feet, he just began to write on the ground. And I could imagine the Bible don't say what he wrote, but it does say when they were convicted for their own selves, they began to walk away one at a time. I could imagine Jesus probably writing, where is the dude? Why did you only bring one? Didn't you do the same thing last night? Didn't you go and cheat that person the other day? Didn't you go and kill so-and-so that just got on your nerves? Didn't you lie yesterday? And when they would go up and read what they did, can't cast a stone we're just as guilty as she is and when they were all gone jesus said neither do i condemn you go he didn't condemn her either he's not trying to condemn us but then look at what he did he walked right into the temple and the people that were supposed to no good. They were the ones that were the priests and the Levites supposed to know the promises of God and the power of God acting like they're goody two-shoes and oh, I got God. I'm filled full of the Holy Ghost. I'm a child of the King. And they were shelling in the temple. Jesus didn't say, you know what? I forgive you. No, 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 no. He went right over there and made him a score. You are not doing this in my father's house. You are not doing this in my father's house. He whipped them out of the temple. The scribes and the Pharisees supposed to be the leaders of the people, supposed to know God. He didn't talk to them with love and compassion. He said, you fools, you blind leaders of the blind, you hypocrites. Because when you know to do something and you're just not doing it, Jesus doesn't deal with that. He don't like that. But if you don't know, and you're falling, and you're one of those sheep that are crying, he—that's who he came for. Not the ones that know better but just don't do it. He didn't come for those. He actually came to rebuke them, and he did, and he rebuked them. And he tells us in the scriptures, if you see somebody doing something, rebuke them sharply in front of everybody so that they will stop because you're supposed to be an example so when we love like Jesus loves we rebuke those that need to be rebuked we shun those that need to be shunned but we don't do that to the world they don't know God we welcome them in but we don't follow their deeds we still have to be strict in following God 100% and they're supposed to follow us not us Follow them. The Bible says to pay attention to, apply yourself to, to take him, to consider. That is all what it means to give heed. Don't let the devil make you start wondering and considering. Did I hear from the Lord? If you know you did right, if you know you've been giving your life to God, if you know he's talked to you in times past, if what he has told you has come to pass, why all of a sudden one day he didn't tell you? That doesn't make any sense so when the devil starts saying i don't think the lord told you that are you sure god said don't don't start giving into that yes he did and if he didn't he'll correct me and if he didn't tell you somebody will tell you you know hey that's not really right but don't let the devil get in there don't let him get in your emotions don't let him it says that they will take heed to seducing spirits. Seducing spirits is roving as a trap. Roving means to go from one place to another place and you can't be still. You can't sit down. You can never get planted. See, when the devil sees you planted, if you stay there, your roots will begin to take ground and you will begin to bring forth fruit so when he sees that you are planted in the word of god he will go and try to get you rooted up don't go to that church don't do this don't do that they're too strict you need a move and he goes from church to church to church telling people all the faults he thinks that is in that church and then you end up going from this place to that place to this church and you can't get planted and you can't bring forth fruit because your roots die more and more and more every time you get transplanted. And he's running around making sure that nobody stays planted. Don't let him do that to you. You know who God is. You know you've been baptized. You know that God is not going to lie to you. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to give you more than you can bear. Don't go from church to church or, or believing, not believing. Well, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Don't do that. That is the work of Satan. That is a seducing spirit. That is not of God. Don't let him do that to you. Seducing means as an imposter or misleader. He will try to mislead you, and the Bible says that the... um, Let me not get ahead of myself too far. As a misleader, we're going to go to 2 Samuel 15,
3: 1 through 6. And it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate, and it was so. That when any man that had controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or case might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so that When any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this matter did Absalom to all Israel, and came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of men of Israel.
1: I want you to understand something. When Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, he betrayed him with a kiss. And when Absalom was betraying his own dad, going behind his own dad's back, he was betraying him with a kiss, kissing all the people that came to him. Now I want you to understand something too. Where did he stand? He stood in the gate, in the entering in. When you go to God and you're gonna walk in and you're gonna tell God something, the devil stands right in the entering. Before you get to God, he's trying to feel you. This isn't the way. You need to go this way. What did he say about it? He said, there is nobody that can listen to your problems. They were going to the king. The king was as high up as it could get. If he could do anything, it was in the power of the king. Absalom didn't have that kind of power. Because if Absalom wanted to do something and the king said, no, that's not going to happen, it didn't happen. The same thing today is the devil standing right there saying, you know what I know what you need to don't go to Jesus come to me Jesus is the only one that can give you what you need Not the devil, not anything else. So when he says, well, you you can do that, but if you come to me, I'll give you a couple more extra hours at work. I'll give you bigger jobs. And you can do all that you need to do. I can preach to you this way and look at how good this preaching sounds. And you don't even have to change the way you're living. And he stops you from going to the king, Jesus Christ at the entry, pulling people, seducing them, telling them that they don't need all of this. They only need to do that. And the Bible says in Acts 13, 6 through 12, and when they had gone through the isle of Paphos, they found a certain
0: sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. but Elimes, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him, and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw that what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine
1: of the Lord. See, when you're trying to go and you're trying to find God and you're trying to seek God and you're going with all of your heart, the devil don't miss a beat. He sees that he's right there to stop you. He's right there to persuade you otherwise. Now, the bar Jesus, he was a Jew. He was one of the, the Israelites. He was a Jew just like they were Jews, trying to stop them. Why? Because it's not people, it is the devil in People. So when the devil uses somebody, I don't care if it's family, friends, loved ones, husbands, wives, it doesn't matter. The devil will use whatever he can to turn you from believing the truth. He would use anybody that he can to change you. But Paul, he wasn't a hireling. See, the hirelings, they see the wolf coming, and they don't want the people. They go and they hide. They don't care because the flock's not theirs. But Paul wasn't a hireling. He was with stern rebuke thou child of the devil you don't do this to god's people he stood in the way you don't do that if you're a pastor a minister and you see the devil coming in you're not supposed to let them take the flock you're supposed to stand up boldly and say not gonna happen you can't take the flock That stays there. These are Jesus' people. You can't let them take the flock. You cannot or else God classifies you as a hireling. And if he sees you letting his flock get taken, he will move you out of the way because he's not going to let his children get taken. So if you can't do it or won't do it, you'll find somebody that will. So don't let the devil come and try to persuade you to turn you. We're going to Numbers
3: 16. One through thirty-four. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, and the sons of Eliab, and On, An, the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, two hundred and fifty princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face, and he said unto Korah, and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his, and who is holy, and will cause them to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do, take you censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, Hear, I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel, to bring you near to himself, to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. When he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee, and seek ye the priesthood also? For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron, that ye murmur against him? And Moses said to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, He will not come out.
1: So just a little re- a little, to get you guys to follow where I'm going because this may seem like I went off in the left field. But I, I did. God chose Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He could have chose, there were 600,000 footmen that came out of there. He could have chose anybody, but he chose Moses. It's not up to who we choose. It's up to who God chooses. We could look on the outward appearance of man, and when Jesus did, let them choose a king, they were really happy because their king Saul was the taller than everybody. He was handsome. He was strong looking. He was a head and a shoulder taller than everybody. And then when God said, okay, well, I got a king, and they had all the other sons passed by, they didn't want to choose David because David was ruddy, little, and they were like, well, this is all the good guys. And he said, no, there has to be one more because Jesus didn't pick none of these. And while David, but you know, he's over there with the sheep and he's the youngest. God said, don't look on the outward appearance, look on the heart. So then God chose Moses and he got Moses to lead the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But then God began to bless the children of Israel. Just like he does today. He sets you up a pastor, a bishop, a deacon, and you start going, and he begins to bless the congregation, and he starts moving in the church, and then guess what? The devil begins to come in and say, you know what? That guy is taking, he's acting like he's all that. He's acting like he's this, and God is with everybody. God talks to you. God talks to you, and then you begin to say, yeah, God does talk to me, so if God talks to me, then I don't really have to listen to him because God talks to me too. And he begins to start chaos in the middle of God's congregation. But what we need to understand is when God puts a leader in your life, don't move. Let him be. Yes, God talks to everybody, but if it doesn't go in in line with the one that God put to lead the congregation, then something's not right. Something doesn't add up. So when God says, Moses, go over here, then Korah was like, no, we don't have to do all of that. You're acting like you can rule over us and reign over us, and you're acting like you're all of that. When the pastor or the bishop or anybody says, let's do this, nah, I don't have to do all that because God said, no, you know, he talks to me too. We can't let that get in us. Because when the church doors open and God, when God begins to feel this place up and when more people are added, that's going to start happening a lot. And us that God has started this ministry with, we need to stay in one accord and stay focused. So that when they do start saying, then we can say, no, this is the way we're going. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And why? Because Alan's not up there being Alan. God put him there. And it says in another scripture, when they tell you, when the pastors tell you to do something, do it so that they can do their job with joy. And it won't be hard. Like, for instance, I believe that God is the one that made Mary, the, the song leader. Now, when she says, let's get up and praise the Lord. Look, there's only a couple of us. Let's just, we we don't really need to get up and praise the Lord like that. It makes her job hard. It makes her job way harder because nobody wants to cooperate. Let us sing this song. Yeah, you know what? That song doesn't really go for today. You know that, it makes it harder. It can make her start thinking, well, is God really telling me what to play? Is he really telling me what songs to sing? Because nobody else wants to sing them. So am I really listening to the voice of God? We're not supposed to make her feel like that. When she says, let's sing this song, we're supposed to Then let's sing it. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't make any sense. But let's do this. Because if God told her, that song is going to be perfect. It's going to work just great. When Assistant Pastor Eric gets up here and he says, let's do this or that. We're supposed to listen. Man, dude, look, you're just this instant. that song that's not what attitude we're supposed to have when the director tells us you know get up rise clap your hands we're supposed to do that too so his job can be done with joy not you know what i Nobody listen. We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to act like that. Usherize it. No matter who it is, if he says, let's rise, we rise. When you can sit, you can sit. We have to make the jobs of the ones that God called easier. Now the matter of course. go ahead.
3: Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. And Moses was very wroth, and said unto the Lord, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. And Moses said unto Korah, Be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron tomorrow. And take every man his censer, and put incense in them. And bring ye before the Lord every man his censer, two hundred and fifty censers, thou also and Aaron. Each of you his censer. And they took every man his censer, and put fire in them, and laid incense thereon, and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment.
1: So, now you got all the children of Israel, they got Korah and he's he's stirring up. I mean, he is he's talking to a lot of people. These Moses and Aaron are doing too much. They didn't even bring us into the land that they said. See, they're saying our past was more successful than what you promised to give us. We were in a land flowing with milk and honey when we were slaves. You took us from a land that was flowing with milk and honey, and you haven't even given us vineyards and this and that, and you didn't even do that. What the devil does to the churches today is he gets us as we are babies. And when the church begins to grow, he begins to say, You know what? You must be doing something wrong because God's not healing. He's not delivering. He's not doing this. You were doing better off over there. And he makes us begin to wonder. And as I was praying one day, I was saying, Lord, you know what? you brought me from north carolina you got me all the way over here well this is what i thought you did you told me to preach i am what is going on why isn't the church filling up why don't we feel the power of god why is there so much chaos and confusion what am i doing that is wrong because for a while we couldn't get along no matter what it seemed like we were just i mean it was bad for a minute. I mean, we were sticking together, but it was a lot of division. And I was like, Lord, what's going on? What's this about? But in the matter of Korah, that's what he did before they can make it to their promised land because once they make it to their promised land to see how good God really is I gotta get them to stop because once they taste I won't be able to change their minds once they eat that big grape that they could barely hold I'm not gonna be able to satisfy them with this little tiny sour grape anymore once they get to the promised land, I don't have a fighting chance. So I need to stop them before they get there. So Korah's going and he's saying, you know, you didn't even bring us into the land that you promised us. You you, you didn't even do that. God don't like it when you try to hurt his people. He don't like confusion. He don't like it when you let the devil use you. He don't like it. God didn't have mercy and be like, okay, you know what, it, it's fine um, We need to get it together. He said, no, move so I can kill them. You want to let the devil use you. Now, if the devil is tormenting you and God will fight for you. But if you allow the devil to just use you, that's not good. God said, move so I can kill them. Notice this time Moses didn't plead for them. Have you ever noticed that? Moses didn't plead for the children of Israel. Now that got my attention, because before when he went up to the mountain and Aaron made a calf and they sinned against God greatly. And Moses came down and he was so mad, he threw the tables and they broke beneath the mountain and he was so angry, but yet God told him, move so that I can kill them all and I will make you a greater nation. And Moses fell on his face and went, hold on. These are your people. Moses pleaded for them, but in this situation, he didn't. He said, okay, move, kill them all. Do you know why? Because before they didn't know the power of God like they did here. See, before they were a babe, they were getting to know who God was. God showed them all his miracles in in Egypt, But they were getting to learn who God was. After God had delivered them, killed off all the Egyptians to protect them, brought them through the wilderness, showed his power, gave them manna, now they know who God is. And when you turn your back on God on purpose, after you have tasted, there is no space for repentance so after they knew Moses didn't go stand up and plead for them again hey okay then move about the way and kill all of them and God did God killed all of them that were stirring this up because when you have a seducing spirit and you're allowing that spirit to use you, you can start fires everywhere. You will go and point out faults that aren't even there and make people believe that they're not hearing from God and cause so much confusion and and chaos and God's not going to have that. He's not going to have that. So when you know who God is and you've already tasted the goodness of the Lord, don't let the devil use you. Because God may
3: not have mercy if you let the devil just use you. Continue. Verse 22. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan, and, and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sins. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abram on every side. And Dathan and Abram came out and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them my own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up, and all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass, as he made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their gods. They and, all their, they and all that appertained to them went down live into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also.
1: When God gets tired, he makes an end. He puts a stop to whoever's trying to cause confusion. And he doesn't want us to allow confusion in the church, so we can't let that happen. We cannot allow confusion in the church. When God says something like, what you did was very good. When God puts something on your heart, ask, hey, the Lord put this on my heart, okay? Because if it doesn't agree with who God set up, which is me, and I'm not boasting, and I'm not saying, then I'm all that. But God just sent me here to be the pastor of Guided Way Ministry. So if it doesn't add up, then we need to pray about it. Lord, what's going on? Not, Lord, are we hearing right? No, we, Lord, what's going on? Where's the... Where's the disconnection? How do we fix this? Why? Because when God says something, there's nothing wrong with it. When he puts it in our hearts, it's for a reason. We don't need a question. We don't need to get confused. We need to say, why is, why don't I understand? Not Lord, what is wrong? Why don't I understand? Help me to understand what you're doing. And then we will understand. But when we start saying, you know what? Maybe this is the wrong way. Maybe I'm not doing that. That's when the devil can get in. So when we don't understand, let's go to God. Lord, how come I don't understand? We believe, we're trying to believe, why don't I understand? And he'll tell us what's going on. He will make it clear unto us. We're gonna go to John 6, 58 through 67. This is that bread which came down from heaven.
0: Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing the words that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life
1: so a lot of his disciples from that time didn't follow him anymore because they couldn't understand what he was saying it was too strict too hard and the bible says that many of his disciples didn't follow him anymore when we are doing god's word we're going to get people that come in listen go out and not return Don't let us lose focus. We can't stop doing what God has already started because he started something and he's gonna finish it. Just let him finish with the same ones he started with. Don't let him move us because we didn't go. So if we see the church packed one Sunday and we see us the next Sunday, don't be discouraged. Keep on going. Because one day Jesus had a lot and he's the one that ordained all of his disciples. He gave them power over all unclean spirits. He gave them power to heal all manner of sicknesses and diseases. You could read in another scripture that they all came back rejoicing that even the devils were subject unto them. But then when he told them more of the truth, they left. They ignored all the miracles that God wrought through their own hands. And instead of inquiring, Lord, help us to understand, they rather forget it. That's too much. So if we have a full house one Sunday and three people the next Sunday, I'm going to preach as if I still have the same full house. We're going to sing as though we have the same full house. We're going to enjoy the Lord as if though it was the same amount of people because the angels are still listening. The Bible said you are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses and I don't want them to say, you know what, God, he only preaches if he has 100 people, but if he don't, he don't do anything. I don't want them to say that. I want God to hear me preach whether there's one person, zero people, or a thousand. I want him to hear me with the same enthusiasm enthusiasm and the same happiness as always because they will fall away.
2: We're going to go to the last one, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not seen shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letters as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition who opposeth and excelleth himself above all that is called god or that is worshiped so that he as god sitteth in the temple of god sheweth himself that he is god
1: see you are the temple of the living God but there's gonna come those thoughts that show themselves that they are stronger than God and they're gonna sit in your temple telling you that this way is the wrong way but if you change, there's a different path that you can go on and he will show signs and wonders and look just like he is God. He will do miracles and it looks like it's God moving and it's not. And if you don't know who God is, you'll fall for it. Oh, well, this is a miracle. It came from God and it didn't come from God. And all he did was sweep you up and Take you off the right path, acting like he was God. The Bible says he shows himself that he is God. That's how much power God gave him. But the only beautiful thing that we have is the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. So when he does signs and he does wonders, we can remember remember Jacob and Esau. When Isaac said, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. So we need to have, when we are close to God, we have that same sense, that same feeling. When the devil does big miracles, you look like God, but you sound like Satan. So I'm not going to follow these miracles that you just try to show me. We need to know the sound of God. And he says, my sheep, hear my voice. So no matter what the devil comes in this church and tries to do, we need to know when it's, from God and when it's not from God just because it looks one way doesn't mean it sounds the same way because the devil will never sound like God and if we know his voice we won't be persuaded we won't fall those that know their God mommy used to say she knew when daddy walked in just by his footsteps she knew her husband when we know our God I'm like you move like him but that ain't him You're acting like him, but that ain't him. We will know the difference. So we need to keep strong, keep our minds, and know it says that before Jesus comes, there's gonna be a great falling away. People are gonna leave, people are gonna deny the truth, people are gonna turn. He said that few will be there, find it. Let us be in that number of the few. I don't care if we rejoice with a thousand people next Sunday and then it's us, we're going to do the same rejoicing. We're going to do the same rejoicing because they're going to fall away. That is in the Bible. That is written. They're going to fall away. Not that we've done something wrong, not that we're going down the wrong path, but that's what the Bible says. They're going to fall away. So we are going to have church and stay. And they want to come, they can come, they can rejoice with us. And if they don't want to show back up again, I will continue to serve the Lord with the same happiness as though the church was packed. Because they want to fall away, I feel so sorry for them. But I'm not going to fall away because you want to fall away. I will try to reach out and help you, but I'm not going to stop to help you. If you wanted me to grab your hand and we run together, then by all means, let's do it. And I won't let go. But if you want me to stop so you can wallow and vomit, I'm not doing that number because I can't stop. I have to keep it moving. We all have to keep on running. Let's pull each other out of the fire. Let's help the ones that need help. But let us not stop to help somebody. The Bible says to reach in there and pull them out of the fire, hating even the spot of unrighteousness. And I paraphrase that really big, but it's very close to saying that. So we need to pull people out of the fire, not sit in the fire with them. So if we have a full house today for a couple weeks. And then back to the same little us, we enjoy the company we had. <laughs> we enjoy the company we have. <laughs> May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. We're going to open the altar if anyone has any prayer. God has been so good to each and every one of us. And I want it to be, when the saints go marching in, I want us to be in that number. When he says, few there be that shall find it, I want us to be in that number of the few that find it. And we can be, and we will be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God, for another day. Thank you, my God, for this opportunity. Thank you, my God, for blessing us to be in the land of the living one more time. My father you said now the spirit speaketh expressly. My father bless us to pay full attention to what was spoken today. To pay full attention to that whole chapter my God. That we will not give heed to seducing spirits. uh, That if it is not of you we will not follow. That when the devil tries to bring chaos, confusion, uh, misunderstanding standing in this church my God that we will cling to your promises that we will cling to knowing your voice my God that we will not be persuaded we will not move because you are not the author of confusion you are a God of peace of perfect love of a sound mind and I thank you my God you said let the mind that is in Christ also be in you my God we are asking that you let that mind be in us that we will mind the same thing that we will follow the same rule that we will live the same way in the mighty name of Jesus Jesus. Lord don't let it be that the devil walks in this place and starts confusion because we are more than conquerors through faith in Jesus my father keep us united Keep us in one accord, my God, don't let it be that we change, don't Don't let it be that we go astray, don't let it be that we take heed to something that we're not supposed to take heed to, but bless us to take heed unto you, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus, my Father, continue to speak to every one of us, continue to talk to each and every one of us, continue to show us what you want us to do continue to work miracles in our lives my father thank you my god for the miracles that you have done thank you you, my god for setting us free thank you my god for these opportunities thank Thank you my father god for being so gracious unto us lord my father we are asking oh lord god that you will continue to pour out your spirit upon each and every one of us, my God, that your spirit, oh Lord God, will fill this temple, oh Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. That this temple won't have room for anything but you, my God. That our minds will be only occupied with you, my God, in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus. My God, for you are worthy to be praised. So so worthy. my father our hands belong to you our feet belong to you our Our minds belong to you our soul our our strength in the name of Jesus our voices belong to you our feet belong to you my God Yes, yes. Lord, from the crown of our head yes, to the soles of our feet, oh, we belong Lord, to you. Lord, belong Both Lord. body, spirit, and yes, soul yes. belongs to you. Yes, you yes. fill them, my God, yes, with God. your precious spirit, oh Lord yes, God, Jesus. that there will not be any room oh, for any negativity, oh, my God, Jesus. that there won't be room for doubt. Help. There won't be room, oh, my God, Jesus. but only for you, oh Lord only God. My Father remember how the old Lord God My God in the name of Jesus Lord God open his eyes that he may see you give him wisdom and understanding give him power in the name of Jesus give him the strength to stand the patience to endure to the end my god yes, lord, yes. my father begin, the lord god yes, to keep on showing him yes, that you are there yes. you care you yes, love him yes. you are calling him yes, and my god his interest is in your mind yes, in the name of jesus Lord, begin, oh Lord God, to show him yes. more and more every day every that day. you want him, yes. that you have died for him, yes, that you have blessed him, you. that everything he has you, came Jesus. from you, Thank my God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. My Father, bless him in his business. bless his hands bless his feet bless his voice touch his eyes touch his ears in the mighty name of jesus Jesus. lord begin upon the heart of yes, him in the name Lord. of Jesus.
2: Yes,
0: Lord
1: yes, Lord God, circumcise his heart, Lord, oh Lord God, Jesus, in Jesus, Jesus' wonderful name. Jesus, My Lord, God, we Lord. come before you, oh Lord God. Yes, Lord. We're asking that you will touch Mark, oh Lord, yes, Lord. God, and yes, that you will heal him, heal him in the mighty name Lord. of Jesus. Not for our goodness, but for thy great name's sake, that you will heal him from the crown of his head yes, to the soles of his feet yes, in the mighty yes, name Lord. of Jesus my father take away all sickness in Jesus wonderful name name not for our goodness but for thy great name's sake in Jesus name name.
2: name. name.
1: my father remember all the children oh Lord God Lord Lord God protect their hearts and their minds protect all of our hearts and our minds oh Lord God Lord God protect them when they go to school protect them when they're in the stores protect them when they go play protect them from evil that it may not grieve us oh lord god guard their hearts and their minds oh lord god don't let the tree of knowledge of good and evil look so good until they desire to eat it but let the tree of life look so good till they desire to eat of the tree of life my god Lord, let us all have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Let us all hunger more. Let us all thirst more because you said that you satisfy the longing
0: soul. And, Lord,
1: we long to get to know you better. We long to understand you more, God. We long to eat at your table. Jesus. We love to do your will oh God
0: we to Jesus we desire so
1: Lord we ask that you will rebuke every. Every spirit, my God, that exalts itself above you, no matter what it is. If it's the spirit of confusion, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. If it's the spirit of contentment, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. If it's a seducing spirit, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. My Father, we rebuke every thought that exalts itself against you and we loose healing of yes. the mind, yes. freedom, yes. and the Holy Ghost. The Holy In Ghost Jesus' Ghost. wonderful mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you you, for all that you have done. I thank you, my Father, for just being so good to us. I thank you, my God, for always listening to us, my God. Lord, listen to the cry of everyone's heart, my God. Every prayer, every unspoken request in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Remember those that are not here, oh Lord God. My Father, remember those that could not make it. Those that chose not to make it. Lord, you are the God who can talk to everybody. You're the God who can get our attention. You're the God who knows how to save your people. And I thank you, my God. Every problem, every struggle, we give it to you, my God. That you will take care of it. We leave it in your hands, my God. Yes, we give it to you, oh yes, Lord God, yes, and take Lord. care of it for us, yes, oh Lord God. Lord. Yes, Let Lord. your yoke be upon us yes, and help Lord. us to learn yes, of you. Yes, in Jesus' yes, wonderful, Lord. mighty name. Lord, continue Lord. to talk to us. Continue to work in our lives. Yes, in Jesus' yes. wonderful, mighty name.
0: You, Lord, I Jesus. thank you
1: for these precious moments.
0: Yes, Lord,
2: yes.
1: Thank you for gathering us together one more time, Lord.
2: Yes, Lord, I praise you. Thank you,
1: my Father, for blessing us to see another day. Lord, let this word take root in our hearts, my God, that we will not give in to seducing spirits. We will not give heed to any unclean spirit, my God, but we will follow you all the days of our lives. We will respect each other, God, and we will respect you. We will follow you with everything that we have. Lord, be in the midst of us, my God. Lord, when we argue, be the solver. When we have division, be the solution. When we don't see eye to eye, humble those that need to be humble, and lift up those that need to be lifted up, that we will see eye to eye, because it is not us But it is you, my God, that you will bless us to run this race with patience, in one accord, in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, don't let us be full of pride.
2: Don't let us be puffed up. Don't let us be
1: stubborn. Don't let us be rebellious. But let us follow after you in Jesus' wonderful name. My God, there is not one that is better than the other. We are the temple of the living God. We are the church that you are coming back for. Don't let it be that we have a spot, a wrinkle, a blemish, or any such thing. Jesus. Bless us to be content with such things as we have. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord God, Lord. teach us how to lead this yes, church.
0: Yes, teach yes. us how
1: to behave ourselves yes, in Lord. your house. Yes, Lord. Teach us in the mighty yes. name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, and let your doors be open yes, that you can feed the rest yes. of your people but don't let us be persuaded teach us how to stand up and fight when we're supposed to teach us how to have compassion when we're supposed to teach us how to reject when we're supposed to teach us how to to stand firm teach us my god when to do things my father teach us how to do things teach us when to do things my god for all timing belongs to you. Don't let us have compassion when we're not supposed to. And don't let us be harsh when we're not supposed to. But let us be stern to those that we're supposed to be stern to. And to be just so full of compassion to say, neither do I condemn you. Because you are God. You be the one that does everything through us, my God.
2: In Jesus'
1: wonderful name.
2: Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
2: Jesus. Lord,
1: you are so wonderful. Thank you, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you, may he keep you, may he shine his face always upon you, and may he forever keep you